This program was paid for by the friends and partners of Bruce Downs Catholic Ministries. Wherever you are around the world today, it's great you can be here with us. Have you ever wondered what God is like? Well, I'm doing a two-part message and in last week's message, I had this to say. The whole point of our human existence is about God. The whole thing is about God. Um, so if I ask people what God is like, um, many people say, well, I'm not sure. But if you're not sure what God is like, how do you, how do you, do, how do you pray? something that you're not sure what it's like? How do, how do you have relationship with someone, you know, if you don't, if you don't know what they're like? How do, you relate, how do you relate to God? Well, the way we relate to God, we, of course, is prayer, isn't it? We, we, talk that, we talk about our relationship with God as being prayer and, and prayer is talking to God, it's listening to God. But the listening that we do, we don't hear audible voices. The listening that we do is the development of our spiritual life and our spiritual antenna and our spiritual depth to where we can listen to God. And we begin to hear with a different set of ears. To live miraculously, you have to put yourself in the place of the miracles. Miracles occur because people were in the vicinity of Jesus. You don't hear of many miracles that occurred when Jesus went around or the people that were following Him were around. Um, so if we're to share in the blessed life of God, if God comes to us, He draws people into His family and, and, and Jesus sent His Son and He invites us to live in the Holy Spirit, what is the blessed life even more? Have a look at this. Uh, what is the blessed life? It is living in the presence of God, a miraculous life of power, of impact, freedom, knowledge and purpose now. It is living in the presence of God now. So what's our responsibility? So how do we live like that now? He, you know, he calls you and I, and we've already said it, to seek Him with everything we have, to know Him, to love Him with all our strength. Um, if we're to share this blessed life that God's got for us, that God wants you to go to work and experience, that God wants you to go home and experience, um, the Bible tells us that we have to seek Him. Now have a look at this in, in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29. And I'll show you some scriptures where it says it. From there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find Him if you search for Him after Him with all your heart and soul. Turning up to church doesn't qualify. It's our heart seeking after God more deeply. In Proverbs 8, 17, I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently find me. In Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, when you search for me, you'll find me if you seek me with all your heart. In Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you'll find, knock and the door will be opened to you. It's about searching. It's about being zealous. It's about going after God. And it was the priest who said to me many years ago, he used to say to me, Bruce, he said, you need to turn up to places where people pray. You need to, be, you need to put yourself in the place where people have more faith than you. You need to put yourself in place where people are more advanced in their spiritual life with you because that will draw you on. That will help you to grow. That will help you to go deeper in your life. Um, 
What does the word seek mean? If we go into the Hebrew, the word seek means to search out by any method. In Hebrew, to search means by any method. In the Greek, it means to seek in order to find, to seek something to crave after it, to crave after God. To seek means that you're tenacious, that you make hard decisions, you go to places where you will find faith. And in, 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 in uh, Matthew's Gospel, it says this, Therefore, do not worry about what you're to eat, or what you're to drink, or what you're to wear. For it's the Gentiles, Gentiles who strive for these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. As I've often shared, that was the reading from Rosemary in my wedding. And... Uh, I wish I'd picked a reading that had said, and you will be blessed with wealth and ease and happiness. And I remember the priest at our mass when he said our wedding mat before we were, he said, he said, this is the strangest wedding gospel I've ever read. And yet it's been so prophetic in our life that, 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 that it's God that provides for us. And if today you're sitting there and you say to yourself, I, I don't know God in that deeper way. I don't know where God is in that deeper way. I, I, you know, I, I've gone to church my whole 60, 70, 80, 30 years of my life. And that might all be true. Then, then maybe you came because God wants to say to you, seek for me. Search for me. And, and I'll, 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 you'll find me. Uh, See, so, so when we go to God in prayer, um, and we say to God, God, I need your healing in my life. God, I need your provision in my life. I need your comfort in my life. I need your wisdom in my life. Lord, I have needs. I need you. I'm seeking for peace in my life. Um, it's when we go after God in that way and we make ourselves dependent on God that God, God comes to us. See, there's two things that we need to seek after when we're seeking after God. And, and, and the first of them is what we might call, we have to seek the hand of God. The hand of God. What's the hand of God? My children come to me for seeking the hand of, hand of Dad. Dad, can you help me with this? Dad, can I loan some money from you? Dad, can you do this for me? No? When we started this ministry, when we started this ministry, we had nothing but a thought. Maybe this is what God is asking of us. I still remember the, the day when this thought occurred to me that we could start this. And, and I had this crazy thought and I was working for the church, I was working for the Archbishop and I was, the first, I was one of the first people to work in that kind of role. Rosemary and I, we didn't have a lot of money. We, every, we were paid a really low, I was paid a low wage. Our kids were little. And I still remember not having a lot and this thought occurred to me, there's gotta be another way to share the gospel with people in the walls and out of the walls. And the bishop kept saying to me, you can find a way, you can find a way, you can find a way. I remember that all the time, you can find a way. Um, and, 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 and I remember this thought occurred to me, what happens if we were to go start something different? And I had this idea, but I didn't have any money. And I felt like this thought, I need to leave working here and need to go and do something different. And, uh, and, and the Archbishop and I had a conversation about it. He said, oh, I agree. 
He said, I think you should. And he said to me, go travel the world, go wherever you want, go look at all these things. And he said, when you're ready, he said, he said come. And he said, uh, he said, I'll have a goodbye from the diocese and then I'll have t- two or three weeks later, we'll have a launch of this new thing you're doing. And I said to God, and I said, okay. And I went travelling for about seven, eight months. Then I came back and I remember meeting with him in his office and I said to him, and I said to him, uh, he said to me, he said, you got some ideas? And I said, I do. And I was just about to leave and I got up from the desk and I said to him, so who's going to pay my wage? Because uh, I've been getting paid over there. And he says, oh, I'm not going to pay your wage. I said, what? And he said, no, he said, I'm not going to pay your wage. And, and I said, and what do you mean? And he said, he said, Bruce, what you're talking about is prophetic work. I'm glad he didn't say pathetic work. He said prophetic work. And he said, he said, prophets ride into the distance. And he said, it will be my job, in, in, in my job as the bishop to make life difficult for you to test it, and if it's of God, he will provide for you. It's the walk of faith. And I remember going home that night to Rosemary and I said, he's not going to pay a wage and we just hadn't seen that coming. And I said, what do you think we should do? And Rosemary said to me, I mean, she's the most enormous person of faith I've ever met in my life. And uh, she said to me, she said, I think we should keep going. So we did this thing, goodbye, launched, three weeks into it, I'm sitting at the kitchen table, come home from dinner, all five of the kids are there, our oldest was 12, youngest was five. And she puts a bowl of food in front of me and she puts a bowl of steamed white rice in front of me. And I looked at it and I went, what's this? And when I looked up at her, she was crying. And I said, well, what's this? And she said to me, she said, we're running out of money, Bruce. And in a couple of days' time, the kids are going to have to eat rice too. And I remember I pushed back from the table and I said to God, God, what are you doing? I'm trying to help. I'm trying to reach those in the walls and outside the walls. What are you doing? And I heard the Lord say to me, in my heart, and all the kids were there playing, I felt like the Lord said to me, will you make your children eat rice so that you can travel and tell people that I love them? I said, what? And I just thought, and I sat down, and I felt like sort of me, will you, make your cho- will you make your children second to people you have ever met in order that you could tell them that I love them? And I'd love to tell you I had a great spirit about it. I said to God at that point in time, as I sat there and I said to God, well, I don't know if I can do that. I'll just do my best. And see, that's all God's ever asking, just your best. And uh, the very next day, a businessman called me and he said to me, and he said, come and see me. And I went and saw him and he said, I've heard what you're going to do. He said, you're going to die. <laughs> and I said, yeah, it feels like it. And he reached into his desk and he gave me a check for $25,000. And... Uh, he gave me a cheque for $25,000 and he had on it Bruce and Rosemary Downs. But there was about 20 young people all in their 20s who had, and you know, all, all who had, were helping us start this new thing. And I didn't know much in those days and, and I just thought if I take this money, it's going to seem it's about Rosemary and I. And I gave him back the cheque and I said, I can't take it. And I walked out and I went, far out, we're dying. Anyway, he called me a couple of days later. And he, and he said, come and see me. And I went back and saw him and he says, I can't believe you gave me the cheque back. And I, I didn't say that to him, but under my eye, nor can I. And he said, he said, uh, he said I'll tell you what, he said, he said to whatever this organisation is, he said, I'll pay your wage for a whole year. And he went on and gave us $300,000, which was the thing that started it all. And we spent that within just super quick to set it up. See, whenever God calls you, there's always a test. Whenever God asks something of you, read the scriptures, always. There's always the test and you must pass the test. 
If you don't pass the test, there's not another level. There's always a, a, a faith belief. There's always that, will he come? Can I be that surrendered? Will he come? And so, so when we're wanting to seek after God, it's to seek the hand of God, is to seek the hand of God, is to, is to trust that he will look after you. And for some people, I've met multi-millionaires, they're not worried about paying bills. I've met people who are high up in industry, working in, in, you know, in, in managers of mining companies. I've sat in their offices. They're, they're, all, they're not worried about money, they're powerful. But they're struggling to let go of their heart. You know? will, you, will you believe in the hand of God? And then the second thing is, we have, if we're going to live in this blessed life, we have to seek the face of God. The face of God. In the Hebrew, Hebrew, the word face means the part that turns. Will we look to God? Will we seek his face? Um, will we look to him? Uh, uh, see, see, if I want to know you, if I look you in the face, your face tells me something about you. It tells me something about what you're like. When you look at someone, you look at them, why were masks so difficult at times? Because you couldn't see people. You couldn't see them. So to look to God is to look to the face of God. What are you like? What's your character? What's your personality like? Who are you? Because it's you I seek to trust. In Psalm 104, uh, 105 verse 4, in one translation of the Scriptures, it says this, Look to the Lord in his strength. Seek his face always. Look to the Lord in his strength. Seek his face always. Another translation says it this way. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. See, different scriptures say it in a different way. One says face, you know, seek his face. But really what we're saying is I'm seeking your presence. I'm wanting you more deeply. Uh, I'm wanting you more deeply. Um, God wants us to seek him. And it becomes the cry and cry of our heart, the prayer of our heart all of the time. Will you walk with me? Will you be with me? Will you be with me in this situation? Will you be with me in these good times? Will you be with me in these bad times? Will you be with me for most of us in just these ordinary times? You know, will you be with me? And in, in Psalm 27 verse 8, it says, Come, my heart says, seek his face. Your face, Lord, do I seek. It's a great scripture to write down and to carry with you on a card or to put on the dash of your car to put what you do. You put your makeup on in the morning, you know. Another, tra another translation of that says, my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. I'm coming. Every human, human being has a should have that desire to, oh, Lord, I want to seek you more. And so here's five things about how do we seek his face? How do we seek his face? It's number one, and I've said them, but let me just summarise it. It's to have a true desire. Lord, do I, I seek you. Lord, I seek you. It's to have true desire. I want it within. Any of you ever bought a lotto ticket or a lottery ticket? You buy it and you go to be nice. And you occasionally have those late night conversations. If I win the hundred million dollars, this is what I'd do with it. None of you have had those conversations. 
But you don't really lie awake at night thinking it's going to happen. You don't really desire it. You just go, you hope for it. Hope and desire are two different things. They're completely different things. In Psalm 42 verse 1, it says, As a deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O Lord, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living water. When shall I come and behold the face of God? And so when, you know, when I go to church on Sunday, we go to Mass on Sunday, you know, sometimes you just have to come and you'd have to be in that sense of presence and the reverence of what that is and say, Lord, I want your face. I want to see your face. I want to know your personality. I want to know and sense that presence of you being right beside me. And, and it's, it's a prayer of the inner part of us that desires it. The second thing about how do we seek his faith is you have to surrender. Lord, I want your will in my life. It's that I want, more, I want you more than I want me. That's so hard because fundamentally we all want what we want. We have our version of what we want. Lord, I want what you want. In Luke chapter 22, verse 42, there was that famous line, and Jesus in the garden says, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus, when he's about to be crucified, goes, I don't want this. But what do you want? See, a deeper level of holiness is the surrender of self, which is this lifelong journey of, Lord, may I decrease and you increase. And you can be saying that, Lord, may I decrease and you increase, as you within yourself are still struggling with sin and weakness. I once was talking to a priest and he was saying, he said, I say Eucharist and I hold the Eucharist up. And he said, sometimes I look through my arms at everybody else and I go, I'm struggling here. And he said, I look at these holy people and I'm struggling. Because that's all of us, isn't it? In, in our own way. The third thing, if you're going to seek the face of God because he's holy, you have to turn from sin. And that is a decision of our will. What do I need to do to turn, to turn away? Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. What's a wage? A wage is something that you get for effort. So the wages of sin, what you get for sin is death. And what's death? It's not about dying as in the end of our life. It's death in the spiritual sense is the complete, total depletion of everything we are. It's a corruption of who we are as human beings. That's what the scripture is talking about. It's not just talking about you die at the end of your life. Because as you separate from God, can any of us be sustained apart from God? And so, so it is a conscious, it's a, and, and that's why, particularly in Catholicism and in many of the Christian denominations, there's this constant. When I've done wrong, I can come back to God and say, I'm sorry. I've done wrong, I can come back and say, I'm sorry. And it's God, as Pope Francis keeps saying, we tire of asking God's forgiveness before God tires of forgiving us. You know, it's often, God will forgive us as often as we will say, I'm sorry. How do we seek his faith? The fourth one is you have to turn to holiness. Um, 1, Peter, uh, 1 Peter, it says, instead as he called you to... As he who called you is holy, be holy yourselves in all your conduct, for it's written, you shall be holy, for I'm holy. When God calls us to himself, he calls us to holiness. Now, lay people just have great trouble understanding holiness because we confuse holiness with piety. 
piety is often the way you do something. You see someone very deliberately make the sign of the cross or they genuflect. Piety is our expression of an inward reality, right? But holiness is something different. Holiness is doing what God has asked you to do. He asked you to be an engineer. Are you the best engineer you can be? He asked you to be a parent. Are you the best parent you can be? And so holiness for all of us is different. But yet we confuse it with our outward expression, which is an, an outward expression is, is, an in, is an expression of what's happening in here. But that's not holiness. Holiness is us all doing what we're meant to do. A priest said to me only this week, we were talking about the Carmelite nuns, so those ones that go into isolation and into secluded and never come out and pray for 10 hours a day. And this priest said to me this week, he said, Bruce, he said, if you went and prayed like that, he said, that'd be seriously, seriously sinful for you, wouldn't it? Because God didn't call me to that. So holiness looks different. Holiness looks different for us. And then fifthly, how do you seek his face? Is to seek his presence, to seek his face. Psalm 27 says, come my heart says, seek his face. Your face, Lord, do I seek. What does it mean? To seek his presence is to say, Lord, I want to become conscious of you beside me and in me now. It's that sense of he's always there. This is my daughter, Adrian, sitting in the front. When Adrian was about six, seven, she had an invisible friend. And she went through a stage where this invisible friend went everything where with her. You know, being a little girl, had an invisible friend, talked to the invisible friend, Fred invisible friend came to meals. And you know, and Rosemary played along. I used to, I come from a family of five boys. We never had invisible friends. But my daughters, what they did was different to what little boys do. And so that was kind of, that's strange, but Rosemary played right along with invisible friends. And I remember sitting at the table one day and, Rose, uh, and this extra uh, plate set at the table. And Ro I still remember Rosemary saying, Adrian, and what will your friend eat? We were all eating the same thing. And, Adrian, and this whole bowl of food turned up there. And the one thing I did notice, it didn't went down, so I ate it. <laughs> but I've always thought to myself, what happens if you treated God like an invisible friend? What happens if you today went to work when you go next to and God is right there. What happens if you got in the shower? He's right here with me. I'm driving. He's right. He's right there now. You know, I'm arguing with my husband, my wife. He's right there right now. I'm watching TV. He's right here right now. I practice that so much. This sense of he's there all the time. Want to know something? You live differently. You risk differently. You have a greater sense of joy if you practice it. And you have to practice it. You have to practice. He's right here. He's, he's, he's right here. You know? And if you need to go and set an extra place sitting at the table or put another chair in your room or put one in your office, put him there all the time. And it's amazing. So, so seeking the face of God is to seek the presence of God. Now, I've said a lot of things. Maybe some of you already know all that. And maybe some of you didn't. And, and if you had, didn't know that, can I just tell you something? It's going to take you decades to get this. This is a lifelong journey of ever-deepening relationship. 
But if you don't start the journey, you do what I did for decades of my... I just turned up to church on Sunday. Obligation filled. I don't feel guilty. And then I started to meet these women and men, lay people, let alone some priests and brothers and nuns as well, who always to talk about, he's with me. I'm seeking his face. And so if you, if you think to yourself, well, I don't even know what you're talking about. That seems so odd what you're talking about. That's so new to me. Yeah, you're right, it is. But it's the epitome of holiness. Holiness for all of us, keep thinking, is different. Because God's called, there, there are things that are in common to us, of course. But, but it's us being who God called us to be. You know, It's us being who God called us to be. So I, I just want to leave you with this thought. What happens if God just God wants to be right there, right there? Right there. And you have and you develop that sense of he's right here, right now. This priest who prayed for me 50 years ago in two days' time, when I do talk to him, um, he, lives, he lives in another place, time zone differently. And so I often talk to him about 11 o'clock at night. And, uh, and, he often, and he often says to me, it's beautiful. He says to me, he's nearly 90 years old. And he says to me, he says, I'm still chasing Jesus, Bruce. I'm still chasing Jesus. And he's with me, but there's so much more. And, and as I've often shared, when I was 20, I thought, oh, I know a lot. Oh. And then when I got to 30, I went, oh, now I didn't know anything when I was 20. Now I'm there. And then I got to be 40. I mean, I've I got to be honest, I remember, I remember giving some talks in the last 20 years saying, I can't wait to be 60. And now I'm stopping and saying, I can't wait to be 70. What's it going to be like when I'm 70? And what's it going to be like with God when I'm 80? And what's it going to be like with God when I'm 90? I mean, how, oh my goodness, what is that going to be like? There's something beautiful about getting older, isn't there? That as we, in a sense, in terms of our faculties in one way, begin to decrease, our ability to say yes increases within us. Because when I was young, I was going to do it all. I was going to save the world by the time I was 25. And here I get to this age and I'm struggling to save me. You know? So seek his face. If you remember anything today, seek his face. Seek him and have that sense of him surrounding you all the time. And then when you pray for the sick, they will be healed. And then when you pray for financial miracles, they will come. And then when you pray for, for relationships that are struggling, God will overcome what words can't overcome. Because it won't be you, it will be Him. And you just become this observer. And finally, this thought. Um, often you hear the saints, they talk about, I'm nothing but a worm. You ever heard that language? I'm just a worm, I'm just a nothing. You know, and I often use that language of worm. And what they're really saying is, against a God who is so infinite and wonderful, a God who is so magnificent, what am I? And I need Him. It's so important that people know who God is in their life. 
It has changed my life so dramatically. I would not be the person I am today, but for knowing God. And God, Jesus came along, God came along, said to us that we were to share that message with others. It's so important that we do. And the whole reason that we can do that is because people help us share Christ in so many different ways. And I want to ask you today if you would pray for us, but I want to ask you in particular if you would financially support the ministry to be able to continue to proclaim the gospel all over the world. This is all made possible because of people that I call faith builders. Our faith builder partners are those people who believe that faith is important, build the faith of other people. And they give on a monthly basis. They've gone into our website for several way to do that. And it gives us the ability to plan and to be able to share the gospel wider. To all of our faith builders, they're the people who give from time to time. To you, I'm grateful. And to everybody who gives today, I want to be able to give you an e-book that is something you'll receive straight away uh, called Fighting for Your Promised Land. What has God asked of you? How do you want to achieve what God has asked for you? And this is taken straight from the Scriptures and I pray it blesses you. If you want to help me proclaim Jesus, we want to help change people's lives, why don't you go to this address on the screen or you can go to the Give tab and that will help us to share Christ with more and more people. Loving Father, we thank You today that as people are moved in their spirit to proclaim You more proudly, to proclaim You more widely, I pray, Lord God, that you would help us to see your kingdom come in the world. Please bless everyone, Lord, who stands with me in this. And Father, we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, well, God bless you. Thank you for being with us. I look forward to seeing you next time. And don't forget, wherever you are, God is never far from you. This program was paid for by the friends and partners of Bruce Downs Catholic Ministries.